Open your Bibles again, and I want you to look at verse number 14 of our text there. Verse number 14, where Paul says, I press toward the mark. I press toward the mark. I would ask your attention on purpose tonight as we take a principle from the Word of God that is contrary to modern day culture and sometimes culture influences us as we are in it without us recognizing that influence. I'm preaching tonight on this subject, obedience is better than motivation. Obedience is better than motivation. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the privilege to stand and preach your word again this evening. It is a joy to be inside the building. It is a joy, Lord, for those that are able to be a part of the service tonight. And then I thank you for the many, many folks that watch our services, not only of our church membership online, but Lord, uh, the many friends that we have made since uh, March uh, around the nation. And I pray that you would bless uh, this message as it goes into homes across our nation, Lord, and even uh, our world. I pray that this truth, we would get a hold of it from the youngest age to the oldest tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Paul said, I press toward the mark. The word press here means exactly as it seems. It means to bear down, to press. It means to push. It means to lean on. You pushed on something and then leaned on it. You ever pushed on a door uh, trying to get it open and then realized that the door says pull? Some of you have been to the same store I've been to. When you mop a floor, fellas, I mean ladies, sometimes there's a mark on the floor that's not easy, uh, is not coming up easy, so you bear down or you press on that harder to erase that mark on the floor. Uh, you fellows have used a drill, sometimes using a drill and drilling something maybe that is not wood but metal. It's a little more difficult for the drill bit to work and so you press down on that. It's a very simple word. It means to cram, to squeeze, to wedge, to put pressure on. Here's what Paul was saying. I'm giving it all I've got to serve the Lord. I'm just giving it all of God. I'm, I'm not just here, didn't just show up. I'm bearing down on this. I'm putting my weight behind it. I want to make a difference. Question, what was Paul's motivation for his service for the Lord? Was Paul required to serve God? Was he sentenced to serve the Lord? Was it an emotional decision to serve God? Did he serve God because he always felt like it? What was Paul's motivation for his service? Was, an, was it an outside pressure? What caused him to forsake all and follow the Lord? What caused Paul to be willing to suffer shame 
and lose his past friends, those that he had been friends with before, but to lose those friends and to press forward for the cause of Christ. What caused him to preach? Even when he was threatened, if you preach again, we will throw you in jail. What caused him to preach again after he had finished his sentence in jail and been told not to preach again? Why would Paul press toward the mark even after that? What caused him to stand before judges and when they asked him if he had been speaking of Christ for him not only to admit doing so, but do it again in the ears of the judge and the court? What caused Paul to press forward and risk his life for the gospel's sake? He didn't risk his life to gain something of this life or of monetary value. What would cause Paul to risk his life for the gospel's sake? What caused Paul to travel the known world, going even into heathen lands and places where they worshiped every god they could imagine and have up statues or some type of an image that they would pray to? Why would he go to a heathen land to take the blessed gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Here's what I believe the answer is. I believe Paul's motivation for serving the Lord with his life was a decision to be obedient to the Lord. I do not believe that it was an emotional stir. I believe it was a decision to serve the Lord. You say, preacher, do you not think Paul served with emotion? I didn't say that. I think there were many times he served with emotion, but his drive of service. The thing that caused him to keep going was not because he would wake up in the morning and sing that crazy song that said, I woke up this morning feeling fine. I didn't write that song. I hate to sing it because it ain't always the truth. I feel all right after a cup of coffee or two, but I don't wake up feeling fine. Uh, Paul didn't wake up feeling fine, but he woke up obedient to God's call in his life. Now, when you look at the words of God and you look at the words of the Lord Jesus, you find what our motivation is supposed to be in serving the Lord Jesus. I want you to take your Bible and take a brief journey with me beginning in Exodus chapter 20. Now we're not going to read all of the verses from Exodus 20 all the way through Revelation, but I want you to see just a brief journey as we go through the scripture in this matter of serving the Lord. I want you to notice what he says in Exodus chapter 20 and uh, let me see here, verse number... I have the verse written down on my paper in large print so I can see it. Here's what the verse says I'm trying to find the reference for. For I, the Lord, am a jealous God. Well, I have it written down on my paper. I don't, is this in the Bible? Huh? 25? 20, verse number 5. You stay out of my preaching. It's in verse number 5, all right? 
I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. Now notice this, and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. Now, take your Bibles and go with me to Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse number 9. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse number 9. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, He is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. Joshua chapter 22. Joshua chapter 22. We're going to look at just three more verses here. Joshua chapter 22. So far in every passage of Scripture, the promise is given to those that love Him and to those that keep His commandments. Joshua 22 and verse number 5. The Bible says, But take diligent heed to do the commandment and the law, which Moses, the servant of the Lord, charged you to love the Lord your God and to walk in all His ways and to keep His commandments and to cleave unto Him and to serve Him with all your heart and with all your soul. Go to the Gospel of John chapter 14. Gospel of John chapter 14. And I want you to look down at verse number 15. All of these verses very similar. Some of them wording is identical from verse to verse. Jesus is speaking in John chapter 14 to his disciples to not let their hearts be troubled. He promised them that he would come again. In verse number 15 he says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Go to the uh, little epistle of 1 John, if you will, just before Jude and Revelation. 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5. And notice, if you will, in verse number 13. 1 John 5. And I want you to look in verse number 3. Verse number 3. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. Now, listen to this statement. One of our problems of understanding the Scripture is thinking words like love are emotion. Rather than a statement of decision and obedience. You say, preacher, do you not think love is emotional? Love can be emotional, but he said, I give you the command to love God. You decide to love God. While love can be emotional, we're commanded to love the Lord. We're commanded to obey His commandments. And that, my friend, is a decision that we must make in our lives every day. Now, anybody can sing that they love Jesus. Nothing makes me more sick than to hear some country singer uh, on a crying jag singing about how he loves Jesus. That's a bunch of garbage. You say, well, it just stirs my emotion. It might, but it won't make you a bit more obedient. Because obedience is not how well you sing. Obedience is how well you obey His commandments. Love is not how well you sing. Love is how well you obey 
His commandments. Now we began with the premise, we began with the foundation, what caused Paul not just to serve, but to bear down, to give all, to put all of his strength and energy in serving the Lord. What caused him to do that? I say it was not a matter of an emotional stir. It was not a matter of motivation. But it was a matter of Paul saying, this is what the Bible says, and I'm going to obey the Bible, and I'm going to love God with all of my heart, my soul, and my mind. And I'm going to keep His commandments because that's what the Bible says to do. We decide to obey God to love God, to serve God. You know how I got saved? I willed to trust Him. I made the decision. I receive you as my Savior. That's how I got married. She said, I will. I said, I will. And we went out there wielded. We, we, we got married. And we got, uh, and, and that's all we did. We made the decision. You say, was it emotional? It may have been, but it didn't make a difference as to whether we were married or not. I meant what I said. She meant what she said. And we were married. Let me tell you this story. I counsel with pastors across America every week, uh, uh, probably every day. And it's one of the joys of my life. I enjoy especially encouraging and helping young pastors, uh, those that are planting churches, those that are uh, in their early years of church and ministry, and, and I enjoy that. Recently, a pastor asked me this question. Brother Fugit, how do you keep yourself motivated in service for the Lord? How do you keep yourself motivated in service for the Lord? I answered, I don't. He asked, how then do you keep serving the Lord, traveling to preach every week, leading your college, and serving your local church? I answered, it's not a matter of motivation, it's a matter of obedience. You say, preacher, don't you enjoy what you're doing? I didn't say that. I do enjoy what I'm doing, uh, what I do. But that's not my motivation for service. My motivation for service is I want to stand before him one day and hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And it doesn't matter if you felt like it or didn't feel like it. God's not going to, I'm not going to get to get heaven and God say, how you feeling today? Folks, we have let emotion become the ruler of the day. And it is sad. Many folks say, well, uh, I, I just didn't feel like doing it today. If you went to work every time you felt like it, your family would starve to death. You don't get up in the morning and drive on your way to work singing, I woke up this morning feeling fine. Uh, you didn't do that. Uh, you, you woke up this morning, you're going to go to work because you need a paycheck on Friday because you have a family to care for. Uh, you have needs that must be met. I am not always motivated, but I try to stay obedient to the Lord. Let me give you some applications and examples. We sometimes, let, let, let me back up and tell you this story. Our dad was a hard worker, right? My two brothers and I and my, our mom, my dad, uh, among other things, was a hard worker. Uh, he, he did many things in life, but the thing he did most was work hard in everything that he did. When my dad uh, was bivocational and was so for many years, uh, he drove a Pepsi-Cola truck. I really liked that, that he drove a Pepsi-Cola truck. 
and brought home Pepsi Cola from time to time. Uh, I liked that. And, uh, but my dad set a record for selling the most Pepsi in a day, the most Pepsi in a week, the most Pepsi in a month, and the most Pepsi in a year. And those records stood for a long time. My dad drove a truck where they delivered um, uh, potato chips and snacks. One of the jobs he had was to make sure that he didn't sell any outdated product. One of my uh, jobs to help him with was to find outdated product so he didn't sell it, and I kept him from selling it. I ate it, and uh, nothing like an outdated bear claw or a pastry. But he was a hard worker, and everything that he did, he gave it everything that he had. Now, when he gave us a job to do, and he often gave us responsibilities that you wouldn't give to uh, some young men, uh, but, but, but he would make us do things that sometimes weren't easy to do. Uh, he never gave thought to whether I was motivated or not. He never asked me if I felt like cutting the grass. In fact, he didn't work to keep me motivated. He just said, do it, and I did it, and that's just how it was. I never wrote a book how I stayed motivated to keep the barn cleaned out. The only motivation I had was he wore a belt. Just a matter of obedience. That's all it was. Cutting the grass was something I wasn't motivated to do. I just did it because I was obedient. Uh, feeding the animals, cleaning out the barn, working in the, in the garden, raising 2,000 strawberry plants, taking care of a mule that had bad breath and ate too much and, and uh, was a rebellious old mule. Uh, I didn't do that because I enjoyed it. It never had anything to do with how do you feel this morning. It's a matter of this needs to be done. You are going to do it. Now, when I pick up this book, I don't see where God says, now, if you feel like it, I want you to tell somebody about me today. He said, do it. I'm not working to motivate myself as much as I am just seeing what God wants done and I do want to do it because I love Him. I do want to enjoy doing it. I'll make another statement about that in just a moment. But I want to say tonight that too many folks check their emotions and see how they feel and some folks talk themselves into feeling bad as if it's an excuse not to be obedient to God. We're making a mistake today by interpreting many Bible words as emotional words when they are verbs. They're action words. Holiness is the heart of God. It's not an emotion. It's a decision to live a holy life. Others is the heart of God. It's not an emotion. It's a decision to love others. The souls of mankind knowing Christ as Savior, that's the heart of God. It's not a matter of emotion. It's a matter of decision of obedience to, uh, to Him. The book is a matter of, of uh, is the heart of God. It's not a matter of how I feel. It's a matter of obedience to the the Word of God, we're making a huge mistake by constantly working on our emotions to do something for God. What we ought to do is just decide what the will of God is and do it. I'm not preaching against emotions. I love emotions. But emotions are to be used. They're not to be in charge of what I do. For example, in my heart, I want in my heart to be stirred in the matter of Bible reading. However, when it is not, 
I'm going to read the Bible anyway because I'm supposed to read the Word of God. You, you, you see, I need the Word of God. The Word of God cleanses me. The Word of God corrects me. The Word of God cures me of spiritual weaknesses. The Word of God controls me. I don't have to feel like taking a bath for the water and soap to work. It works. Just get in there and get in the shower and it works. Whether I feel like taking a shower, it works. And when I read the Word of God, it's not a matter of how I feel. It's a matter of being obedient to God. I want my heart and emotions to be stirred in the matter of singing. However, when my heart is not stirred to sing, I want to praise Him because He deserves to be praised. Whether I want to praise or feel like praising Him or not, He deserves to be praised. And that's one of the reasons I live today. That's one of the reasons He gave me life to live. And I don't need to check my emotions in the morning. I just ought to praise Him because of who He is. I hear folks make this statement. It sounds good, but it's about as off as Fauci's pigeon. Here's what they say. If you can't serve God with all your heart, then you shouldn't serve Him. And then they make this dumb statement. Be true to yourself. Let me tell you what the Bible says about yourself. Crucify it. Crucify the flesh. Don't be true to yourself. Be true to God. Be true to truth. I'm glad my wife loves me and cares for me as a helpmate, not just when she feels like it, but as a faithful wife by decision. And that's what makes a good marriage. And that's what makes a happy home. Not to do what we feel like doing, but to do what's right to do because God said it's right to do. Let me give this statement. I want you to chew on this this week. The emotions of obedience are better than random emotions. The emotions of obedience are better than random emotions. Here's how we operate today. How are you feeling today? Well, let me think about it. Let me think here. Well, you know, I ain't feeling too good. I got three bills due today. Hmm, I'm supposed to go to work an hour. I don't, I don't feel too good. Why don't we quit checking our emotions and start checking the instruction book there? It's not a matter. You say, do you think God cares how we feel? I know He cares how we feel. I know He does. But this matter of serving God is not a matter of emotion. And when it is, you're in and you're out. And you get in and somebody hurts your feelings, so you quit serving God. I've never figured that out. Be true to yourself. I say forget yourself and be true to God. Be true to the one that gave you eternal life. Be true to the one that forgave you of your sin. Be true to the one that paid the price of your eternal uh, debt and gave you eternal life in heaven. Be true to the one that filled you with the Holy Spirit. Be true to the one that makes the sun to rise every morning and gives you breath to breathe. Be true to the one that has given you all that we have. I want my heart to be stirred for soul winning. However, when my emotions are not stirred for soul winning, I still want to be obedient to witness for the Lord anyway. I want to spread the gospel anyway. I've led folks to Christ, not going out, skipping and clapping. And I've gone soul winning many times, scared to death. I've gone soul winning, being afraid, especially when dogs bark. It's even worse when cats meow. But you know, I've led people to Christ not feeling like it. 
I was visiting a man one day, and I had an appointment to see him. He's a lost man. I knew he was. We'd already talked. I made an appointment to go see him. I, I, I was struggling with pneumonia. I didn't feel like going. I didn't feel like doing anything. I didn't feel like getting dressed. It was one of those days that by the time I got dressed, I was ringing wet with sweat, and I felt terrible. And I took Advil, and I started feeling a little bit better. And I sat there in his living room, and I led him to Christ. I didn't shout. I did pray, but I didn't shout and skip on the way. I just did it as a matter of obedience. It's not a matter of how I feel. It's a matter of being obedient to God. And the emotions of obedience are better than random emotions. Whether I feel like it or not, I ought to give out gospel tracts. Whether I feel like it or not, I ought to take the good news of the gospel to a house, a hospital, a jail, a street corner, wherever people are. And uh, the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 12 and verse 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Fear God and keep His commandments. I want my heart stirred for the bus ministry. I love the bus ministry. I'm thankful for the bus ministry and the multitude that it has brought to the Lord. However, when my emotions are not stirred for the bus ministry, when there is pressure against the bus ministry, when the devil fights the bus ministry, I want to keep the buses rolling for the sake of boys and girls hearing the gospel of Christ. Boys and girls need Jesus whether we're happy or sad. Boys and girls need Jesus whether we're cranky or snappy. The Boys and girls need Jesus whether we're aggravated or motivated. And the emotions of obedience are far better than sitting and waiting for random emotion to come and go I'll tell you one thing that is a wonderful emotion to realize I've done what God has asked me to do the day is finished and I gave it all I had to serve God that's a great emotion I want my heart stirred for church however when my emotions are not stirred for church I'm still coming to church I'm still going to sing there may be times I don't feel well and you don't feel good. There may be times of sorrow. There may be times of difficulty. But we still ought to be faithful. It's not a matter of how do you keep yourself motivated. It's just a matter of keeping myself obedient to the cause of Christ and the uh, obedience uh, uh, that brings uh, uh, an emotion of satisfaction and completion is much better than just random emotions that come and go. Your place of service. You ought to be committed to your place of service. Uh, as assistant pastor, as a bus mechanic, in maintenance, as a youth pastor, as a choir member, a teacher, a leader, a nursery worker, whatever the case may be, you don't have to keep yourself motivated. You just need to be obedient to what you've committed to do in your life. The emotions of obedience are better than random emotions. Random emotions that lead me often lead me into trouble. But emotions that come as a result of obedience are satisfactory because I know I've been obedient to the Master. When Jesus asked Peter if he loved him, if he loved him, he didn't ask him to do some act of his emotion. He asked him to feed his sheep. He didn't say, Peter, if you love me, let me see you cry. Peter, if you love me, let me see you laugh. Peter, if you love me, let me see you shout and run on top of the pews. He said, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. You want to prove your love to me? It's not, Jesus said, it's not an expression of what, how you feel. It's a, a matter of what 
you do. When Jesus called the disciples to follow him, he did not ask how they felt. He simply said, I want you to follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And so as I read of the Apostle Paul, I read from his conversion on the Damascus Road and his faithful service in the church at Antioch. And I see as the Holy Spirit said, separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. And I see Paul begin his first missionary journey and I see the trouble that he faces and the trials that he faces. I see the difficulties uh, that he faces. He never talks about his emotions. He talked about real trials. He talked about real trouble. He talked about real difficulty, but he kept pressing on. Uh, Paul, how do you keep doing that? How do you keep excited? Who said I was excited? I just want this man to go to heaven and not to hell. You see, I was once a sinner. I was once on my way to hell. And this man's religious, but he's lost. Paul, how do you keep going? How do you stay excited? Not trying to stay excited. I'm just trying to stay obedient to what God has called me to do. And when Paul came to the end of his race, he said, I fought a good fight. He didn't say he won every fight. He didn't say he felt good at every fight. He said, I just fought a good fight. He said, I, I finished the course. He said, I kept the faith. And he said, henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the righteous judge shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but to them also who love his appearing. He didn't say, I'm going to heaven to receive my reward because I stayed excited. He said, I'm going to receive my reward because I stayed obedient. Solomon said, it is my duty. Wars are not won by men who feel well. They're won by men who fight well. Contests are not won by our emotions. They're won by our actions. Stand with me, if you will, please. Heavenly Father, help us not to be true to ourselves, but to be true to you. Help us, Lord, to forsake this foolish philosophy that says that if you can't serve God without having all of the happiness and all of the emotional satisfaction that we shouldn't serve you, Lord, there's a world dying and going to hell. We must serve you as a matter of obedience to you, not a matter of how we feel. Lord, I, I fear that we're doing our children a terrible injustice when we ask about their emotion rather than teaching them to be obedient to the commands of the Word of God.